I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Quickfire Queens, the best and most delicious Top Chef recap podcast. I'm Naomi. We're talking about Top Chef Houston. It's a restaurant wars at restaurant wars, but it's also maybe the best restaurant wars. And I am joined by two of my absolute faves. I would pick them both to do a service with me. Miss Nicole Horn, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Naomi. I am also very similar to Nick. I do not like a boring steak. <laughs> oh no! Well, Nicole, yeah, I'm well, hey, no boring. Got twenty six spices. Mm, I got twenty six spices, and they're all for you. And joining us as always, we have Gia Worthy. Gia, how's it going? Honestly, I am living for this restaurant wars it may be one of my favorites ever i enjoyed every moment of it feminism won the day and <laughs> very excited and we had maybe one of my favorite restaurant wars teams of all time but the real question is of all three of us who is the executive chef who is front of the house and who is the luke oh. i was gonna say i'm the luke <laughs> 
the Luke. Oh, dear. I mean, I don't know about you, Gia. I think you could really whip us into shape. I think I'm a little too frantic. Uh, I would love I would love to do front of house. I feel like I, I'm like Buddha. I've got my notebook full of notes on like what not to do on Top Chef. And maybe that's just because I've been shit all in the pandemic. Honestly, thank God, because I waitressed for like five years in be- when I was still at school and I hated it. I was not a good waitress. Just like, so that would probably not be my best, my best option. Uh, I could be be executive chef or I think I make a pretty awesome Luke as well. Yeah. If you're executive chef, easier for me to throw you under the bus. So that's fine. The positives. (laughs) You gotta stay in the positives. I just remember when I worked at an ice cream store for the first like couple week or t- first week or two, my boss was like, Naomi, you need to slow down when you talk to people. Cause I would just want to get them like done so fast <laughs> that I would like be like, what do you want with flavor? Oh, do you want a cup or a cone? Like just, I, I would speed through it at like, like lightning. So I- I'll take a more relaxed approach. Maybe I'll have a, a glass of Trilato wine and I'll chill out. <laughs> do you have a reservation for Lakshmi? Oh as if no what if they said no she should have to go be like oh i guess we gotta go somewhere else i want one of those like hired off the internet extras to do that so bad to not recognize the judges to just be like i'm sorry i don't know no uh, you'll have to I mean, wait jackson didn't recognize the judges either <laughs> <laughs> in the house we have been waiting for Jackson somehow losing every one of his senses in this episode. Uh, (laughs) First smell and now sight. Um, (laughs) Let's start at the very beginning. If you don't know, I had to explain Restaurant Wars to Kyle Picard. Shout out to Kyle over DMs, um, which was very funny. And I was like, "Uh, they just like make a restaurant. I don't know how else to explain it. It's Restaurant Wars. Um, But if you don't know, Restaurant Wars... It is teams of four going at it. There is no time for a quick fire challenge this week because we are way too busy making our, our dreams a reality, I guess. Um, Restaurant Wars is consistently one of my favorite episodes of television, of Top Chef. I think that they have produced some of the most dramatic and insane episodes of TV I've ever seen. Do you guys have a, a Restaurant Wars that sticks out in your mind as your favorite? Like Gia, do you have a fave Restaurant Wars? I don't know. Honestly, I only Restaurant Wars is tricky because while it's some of the most compelling television that we get, because this is really the make or break moment for a lot of chefs. And if there's ever going to be a shakeup in like the top chef hierarchy of the season, it's going to be in Restaurant Wars. But at the same time, all of my biggest memories is how pissed off I am when my faves go inevitably go home in the episode. Like I remember my villain origin story, as I said last week, was Trey going home in season three of Restaurant Wars, which was total bullshit, but I digress. And there have been several other very devastating Restaurant Wars since then. Um, so one that was equal parts good and heartbreaking was the all-stars restaurant wars to me I really liked both teams I think just that cast in general was really compelling and the executive chefs uh Gregory and Kevin were both amazing and it really hurt that it was 
you know, pretty much likely that one of them were going to go home and it ended up being Kevin while he did get to come back for Last Chance Kitchen. But it was it was a really intriguing hour of television for me. So I really liked that one. Yeah, that was a good episode. Um, uh, All Stars was just iconic all around. Like I was standing at every corner. But also I love a drama filled messy restaurant wars. Um, Charleston comes to mind. I'm thinking of Katsuji just being crazy. John being crazy. You know, uh, throwback Thursday. That that restaurant wars is is chaos. Katsuji, John did like an, a disgusting pimento cheese. Like, my, <laughs> oh my god, it's it's heinous. That one, the food is particularly heinous in. And Katsuji's an insane person. Uh, Top Chef California. I think I mentioned it last week. Philip, poor Philip, delivers like he has a cocktail for the judges that he pulls out from the podium and he tells the waiters oh to like pull the cocktail out to present. And it is insane. It is like, and the judges all immediately. Honestly, we I need to go back and like just watch all the restaurant wars and rank them. Like, I feel like that's a project we need to do at some point because the yes. what are those are great, great hours of television. Or in some cases, two hours. I oh. hate when they do part one, part two restaurant wars. Those are my least favorite. Um, and everybody knows the iconic sort of like Kristen Kish Seattle restaurant wars where Josie like could have gone under the bus. And you know what? This is not uh, Padma Lakshmi's best friend race. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to fight for your right to stay in the competition. So, you know, it, you got to do something. Um, yeah. Ali Wong has already won the Padma Lakshmi best friend race. <laughs> My best friend, Ali Wong. Where is she this season? My God. To be in on one of their girls nights, honestly. I know. That, the like, Wanda Wise. <laughs> there's that challenge where, uh, where Gail and like Padma gets served like breakfast in bed and like <laughs> that, you know? I want to I want to get an invite to the Airbnb, you know. Um, well, folks, let's talk about this schoolyard pick. Nick gets the first pick knife, and Jay is the second choice. Um, the The picking goes: Demar for Nick, Evelyn for Jay, Ashley for Nick, Jackson for Jay, Buddha for Nick, and Luke for Jay. I thought the funniest part of all this was Jay basically saying, like, I don't want to fucking work with Buddha again. Get him away from me. <laughs> Sometimes I want to work in peace and Buddha doesn't know peace. He he really tried it a couple times this episode. Like, obviously, he is a very talented chef. But also, there were a couple times where even within the team that he was with, where he would make suggestions and they're all kind of like, mm collective black side we are not doing that and I respectfully agree with those chefs this was a great that was a great team I loved everyone on that team and including Buddha and they were iconic the matriarch team was fantastic from start to finish and while I was very sad that a team with Evelyn in it would lose that's just like what had to happen in my head at that point it's a ca- it's a casualty, but it had to be done for the greater good. Rest and I peace. feel like Evelyn really had to mess up for them. Even as executive chef, she would have had to really mess up to be taken out this episode. Like, I don't think they were willing to lose her just because she's executive chef of this episode. 
Well, this brings me to my first sort of question slash hot take of the episode. Is it better in this kind of format if you're the executive chef because if you, as we saw Ashley and we saw Evelyn, these were two women who were totally in control. They didn't get flustered. They didn't freak out. And you almost look much more presentable and much more obviously in control to the judges versus like in past seasons where, you know, everyone's just yelling at everybody and like you can see the chaos happening. Do you guys think this is like a more advantageous presentation, even if it is like much scarier and also you can hear Tom talking shit about you five feet away? (laughs) I mean, you have to keep it together either way. Yeah, it must be tough hearing Tom be like why the hell are my scallops coming late right around the corner while I'm just trying to like flambe something but also like I can't like imagine who would go home if Jackson wasn't just such a big doofus this episode like who would it have been I don't know I feel like it would have had to have been Luke like just but just because he didn't do anything fantastic and I think with yeah. how good Jay did in this challenge and Evelyn being Evelyn and not necessarily doing anything wrong in her part of the challenge it's kind of like the next the next person uh in line yeah in the social hierarchy of uh eliminating people you know who follows jackson i think it is luke i think he they i mean they were having it out in the in the stew room being like you're going home no i'm going home no you're i'm going home no i'm going home is no, you're like- going home i know <laughs> you're going home it's like uh and then it happens like- and luke was like oh really thought it was me going home can I I know we're gonna talk about this later but can we just acknowledge that Luke totally had a right to be pissed at Jackson for just revealing the fact that he could not taste anything after Luke's dish was said was not seasoned well enough in part because Jackson said it was too salty My belief is that Jackson was sabotaging his team from the jump. First, he was like, let's do Southeast Asian food. He doesn't know how to cook that because he wants to put the blame on Evelyn when she screws up. I don't know. It just felt a lot of things he did in this episode. I was like, Jesus Christ, Jackson, like, do you want your team to fail? But that's just me, though. Don't sue me if I'm wrong. I think he really like, like, it's that like thing of like, you step on a rake and it smacks you in the face, but he just like put all the rakes on the ground and said, okay, now I'm going to jump. Like, I don't understand why he did what he did, but we, I guess we should start at the very beginning, but Jay, you're totally right. Luke, honestly, this should have been like old, you know, everybody's been drinking top chef where like Dale Talday's just running around the room screaming at somebody, you know, like punch a box of uh, Aquapana or something, you know, like it needed some OG vibes in that moment. If this was season two, Top Chef, like someone would have been disqualified at this point. Like we, we would have come to blows at this episode with, with this behavior. I cannot, I cannot emphasize enough how terribly this would have went. So you're saying Evelyn should have punched Jackson in the face. I mean, I don't condone violence, but I would have understood. And I condone <laughs> violence. Um, <laughs> let's let's jump right back to the beginning. So these two teams have to plot out their ideas. I gotta say, why in the fuck are they doing Southeast Asian flavors if nobody on this team is particularly passionate about Southeast Asian flavors? I when I heard that being pitched I was like oh that's dumb and then they went with it and I was like oh no oh no 
But Naomi, they know bold flavors. And that's the same thing. As and, and I love how they said that to like uh Jackson said that to Luke, as if Luke doesn't make like stewed broth for every single episode. Yeah, the the, the people of the uh the northern almost Arctic circle known for their flavorful, spicy, and uh bold Southeast Asian inspired cuisine. Yep. And Jay even says it. Jay doesn't actually cook even really Asian food. She she went she worked at La Bernadette. Like she does fish, but that doesn't mean that she does Southeast Asian flavors. Uh, I was totally Team Jay here. I was like, we are painting everybody into a corner that nobody belongs in. Um, poor Jay. I I thought that she was maybe going to try for the executive chef spot, um, but I'm glad that she didn't because I feel like a weaker like a weaker presence might have just taken all of the blows. I, Gia, I'm dying to know how you felt about no name. As soon as they, I don't know what is up with this cast, but every time they want to do Asian inspired food as like a cohesive unit, it never goes well because they don't have any chefs whose specialty is in Asian food. We have like some semblance of it but or as people with different knowledge of it like I think Evelyn is pretty well rounded in the area but like one chef a team does not make even though she was the executive chef it's just I don't know why they keep doing this because this was an issue that they had it literally in episode one so I kind of even though I didn't know for sure because we've had train wreck teams win restaurant wars before it's happened but I, it was kind of a giveaway already that the, what, one of the teams was basing their restaurant on a type of food that none of them know particularly well. And they had family style. What the hell was that about? Has, have any of these people watched the show before? I mean, Buddha has, I imagine Buddha preparing for top chef with like a big pair of like glasses that are like as thick as a dictionary with like a little checklist memorizing the path of every single contestant and jackson was like you know what i don't need to do that (laughs) you know what sounds great family style Mm -mm. no it doesn't no it doesn't literally the worst thing you could possibly say in restaurant wars like okay if i if memory serves a team did family style and it went very poorly I think another team has done family style and it went really well, but the dis- but the dishes were like really designed for it. And I don't think family style works well in a more uh I just I'll call it uppity setting, right? Like in, in a more fine dining, you know, the pressed white linens, you're gonna drip your like your meal on the linens, you know? Like it just doesn't have that vibe. And it's never a good idea if you're trying to also go for like a more upscale experience. And I also think that with family style, I'll just say this, like as much as I like family style, cause you can eat a lot of food. Sometimes I just, I want to get what I want to get. And I don't want anyone else to get what they want. Like you can have what you want. I'm going to eat this. I don't want to have to collaborate with a group of people to pick what we're going to eat. Like I'm just going to eat what I'm going to eat and you get yours. And I'll have like a forkful, you know, I just, I don't like family style as like a, as like a meal. I think there was one season where they had to do family style for mm. their restaurant wars. And that might've been part of why sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't, but I could, 
I can't remember the particulars of that challenge, but, or that like specific one, but yeah, it's not, I don't remember anyone like willingly choosing, um, willingly choosing family style food during restaurant wars and it going well. So perhaps that is not the, the direction to go. And maybe if some of them had done their homework a little more, that's what we would have seen. I mean, it's like puzzles on Survivor. If you know you're going on Top Chef, go watch. Like, I would be watching all of Top Chef and be writing down, like, every single thing that's fucked somebody up that they said wasn't going to fuck them up. It's like making the risotto or, Mm -hmm. like, doing family-style restaurant wars or whatever. Like, if you know it's going to send you home, don't do it. Um, Now, on the other side of the table, we have Buddha, Nick, Damar, and Ashley talking about Matriarch, which is going to be some Southern style I kind of like that Buddha sort of looks at them and goes, they all really work in these flavors and this type of food. He said, I'll just do front of house. Don't worry about me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go to the front. I got this. I watched a lot of Top Chef. Don't worry about me. Uh, and their, their restaurant matriarch is really based around Southern flavors and also honoring women and very iconic. I don't think they needed to lose the H. Like I, like it, <laughs> it you know, we lose letters so often these days in, in names. We don't need to keep it matriarch it looks better you can never go wrong with praising women that's the lesson we learned this episode and you know what didn't steer them wrong so they're on to something good job uh team uh ashley and putting ashley in charge that's not own that they're putting the money where the mouth is by putting a uh, powerful woman in charge so i love to see it yeah honestly i feel like it would have been kind of a moot point if they didn't put their only woman in charge for this episode so I'm glad they followed through with that but how funny would it have been if Padma just from the 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 judges you know chef's table said like so this is like about women and the woman's not in charge like I I or like if, if Ashley got relegated at front of house I would have laughed my ass off though <laughs> yeah Padma would just would have pulled out a gun and said Buddha get your ass to the executive chef position now <laughs> going over very well Mm -mm, mm -mm. would have been funny though that would have been an iconic messy top chef restaurant wars um well they go shopping everybody's running around jay gets hit with a cart uh there's a lot of chaos in the kitchen to be had um but basically they prep a lot uh and and here's where the the drama begins luke really wants to prove himself but luke also poor luke keeps trying to say stuff and everyone just looks at him like why the fuck are you talking and i feel so bad he had so many moments where he'd pitch an idea or say i don't really feel comfortable doing that and like nobody would listen to him i you know look i felt very bad for luke this episode i too felt bad for luke yeah, not a Luke an apo- I'm not a Luke apologist by any means, but <laughs> yeah, like getting talked over as a woman, it's something I'm, I'm familiar with. Mm. So I could feel his frustration. And as a woman, I empathize. Feminism. The the other side of the 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 coin is that Buddha kept calling Ashley, or Ashley would come with ideas and Buddha would be like, that's fucking dumb. We're not doing that. And look, Buddha was right. Uh, you're not going to do a salad in restaurant wars, but you didn't have to say it like that. Yeah, bad execution, <laughs> great message. 
a little and you know what the the salad ended up on this was it like a salmon tartar moment mm-hmm. so ashley's idea came through but like buddha was not letting any dumb shit end up on the final plate gia do you think a salad is is a good idea for restaurant wars or is it the curse that buddha thinks it is it, i mean it's got to be a pretty good salad for you to put it in in restaurant wars i think you know we've seen some some good salads that could even be winning dishes but i'd like do you really want your restaurant wars experience being placed on a salad you better be very confident in that salad and buddha was not taking chances he knew what needed to be done <laughs> i mean no lie think, spoken think about the idea of like oh my god i just got tickets to go to restaurant wars i'm gonna be a, like a guest on top chef or like i'm gonna be in the background oh my god and then they're like so we have a salad for you today and you're like um excuse, like even as a customer not judges you'd be pissed i got i'm getting some <laughs> leafs it's restaurant wars what are you doing um i felt like buddha was very like sort of strict but that he was also like allowing them to be he's like yeah you guys can make what you want to make but like i'm telling you what's a bad idea but nobody was telling jackson what a bad idea he was <laughs> Because Jackson pitches serving the first and the second course at the same time. And we'll talk about the food when we get to it, but why on earth would you do this? Because why? I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, why Why did no one say no to this? Important, and I love my girl Evelyn, but Evelyn, the fuck? why 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 was this the thing that happened yeah i think whereas everybody was really dismissive of luke i think they just let jackson go and i think it was a really big mistake they just let him do he was like fucking willy wonka he would just come up with a new idea and then run away and be like okay you guys do it bye and luke was like getting totally swamped with like all the stuff that he had to do for for prep and for service it was kind of like and other people dishes on top of that you know and I feel like that's, I would not put my dish in the hands of someone else, especially Luke, who's been told he cannot season her shit, you know? I, especially with, honestly, I would have been really sad if Luke went home this episode. And this is not as someone that is like particularly have a rooting interest in Luke, but he just really went through it in this episode and no one seemed to really take what he was saying into consideration even though he was right in a lot of instances or definitely more right than Jackson which is not saying a whole lot here but like maybe they should have listened to him a little bit more I mean my first instinct isn't to listen to Luke but if it's Luke or Jackson like we're going like fried queso versus very um technically savvy Scandinavian dish like I think I know what I'm picking and neither of them seem to know how to taste. So you know what? Maybe they're they're more similar than we once thought. And and this is kind of where the drama really begins, right? Is that Jackson is Luke is afraid that he's not seasoning things properly. So he pulls the group and Jackson gives his fucking opinion. I can't believe it. I you know, I got so mad I left a Reddit comment. I I can't believe that Jackson didn't just like look at what Evelyn and Jay were saying and said, Yeah, I agree with them. Like, what do you mean it's too salty? You can't taste shit, my guy. What's going on? Anybody else uh foamy at the mouth over this? I was 
pissed for it was just I'm glad that alone made me totally fine with the fact that Jackson went home this episode because what the fuck were you doing sir but in We've discussed it before because in the beginning of the season, like literally all we heard from Jackson was about how he had COVID and couldn't taste anything. Mm-hmm. And I wondered how, the, and I think we contemplate this as a group, like how is this going to affect when they do team challenges, which there's been a ton of this season. And up until now, it hasn't really been to anyone's detriment, but here it like literally almost sent someone else home. And it was something that, he didn't let anyone in on. And this was really the time where he needed to either not give his opinion or let people know. Like the the stew room after they already lost in part because things were not seasoned properly is not the time to deliver the news to everybody. Like it was such an ill-timed and really, I don't know what the proper word is but like very inappropriate time to be giving this news and acting like this is like the big secret that he's been holding on to yeah oh my god and he's telling like random people in the restaurant he's like yeah like you know oh my god like what the hell what the fuck was that i was like i was like oh my god he's telling people like why and he's telling them that he's not telling the judges or his team about this code he's like yeah I don't want to make it a whole thing sir you're in a teen competition right now it kind of has to be a thing that was kind of funny we're like yeah I don't really want to talk about it girl you're talking about it they don't they don't know you don't need to tell them so maybe don't um absurd so let's before we you know destroy Jackson completely I guess let's talk about the very first service which is matriarch um I just don't want to get too into the weeds on shitting on Jackson I saw some people tweeting that they were upset uh go start your own club because this is not the club for you um (laughs) I never said I was nice up first we have a lovely first course from Buddha uh Parker House rolls with ham butter smoked fish and crab tarts fried oysters with comeback sauce um I mean Buddha Buddha might need to cater my wedding i mean like <laughs> smoked fish and crab tarts fried oysters you got like um, you know i i'm not, i'm gonna pitch this if anyone's listening and they're in the town for know-it-alls hit me up for oysters let's go get some oysters together can we get oy- i love oysters uh, let's do it. i'll find uh, some good i'll find some good ones oh my god yes this uh, sounded so delicious and the judges clearly were impressed i was high key obsessed with this this meal like it's got bread it's got oysters it's got all ham butter ham butter I was I should have been here I should have this should have been me at this restaurant eating this food it looks amazing and oh my god I just want it so bad oh did you guys hear when they were pulling the bread you could like hear it crisp but somehow it was like warm on the inside I was like yes that bravo budget coming through but yes, this looked amazing. I when I heard array of snacks at first, and he was like, "Don't worry, God, don't worry, guys, I got my array of snacks." I'm like, "Okay, I mean, show me what you got." And I like that he incorporated um, his team members' dishes, knowing that he had no idea what he was doing. It was um, the strategy that Luke should have taken, and um, yeah, Buddha slayed, slay. I was really happy for Buddha with this success because I feel like it can be it can be pretty difficult, you know, like 
it can be difficult to feel like you're the odd man out if you're not as experienced with southern flavors especially because southern cooking is something that is like it's really hard to make it feel authentic i feel like there's a lot of complaints of people who you know like the the brisket challenge right we can see people just don't really stand up to the to the demands of southern cooking or the texas toast we saw some really shitty toasts didn't we um <laughs> but this is to say that uh i want to talk about ashley who made her second course which is sort of an homage to her grandmother pearl salmon tartare with buttermilk pearls and peaches salmon and peaches i never thought about it but now i'm interested you know like I, where in the world are you going to eat salmon and peaches but matriarch i guess i'm intrigued i'm uh i'm quite interested in the in the salmon and peaches with the pearls to for her grandmother pearl just it was so sweet and i feel like this is really like what the what the challenge was about for them yeah i like the 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 flavor combination like texturally i don't know if i sound that's like amazing or like textural overload for me but i do like the i don't know just it's interesting and it's definitely better than a salad I mean, you can't just make this at home and you can make a salad at home. So good job, um, Ashley. Do be loving those um, raw preparations of meat and fish. So um, good luck to your stomach. Yeah. After well, eating this. The, the digestion sounds a little like uh, I'm going to need to take a moment, you know. But yes, I would really like when I looked at this menu, this is a restaurant I would really want to go to. Like if I was in the city that this was in, if I came to Houston, I would I would make sure I went to this restaurant. Shove it down my throat immediately. Up next, we have the third course, also from Ashley, inspired by another matriarch and icon. We've talked about her before, Leah Chase. Um, unfortunately for Jay, uh, Ashley does a much better homage to Leah Chase and kind of blows Jay out of the water. Uh, it's uh, gumbo with herbs, uh, red rice, and seasoning meat, uh, some green gumbo. It looked delicious. Everybody was raving about it. it one of the favorite dishes of the evening from the panel of judges. Thank God we have Tiffany Dairy back on our screen, huh? It's always a good day when Tiffany Dairy stops by my television set. In the continued tradition of powerful women, Tiffany Dairy, it, it just works. Perfect. Bears repeating. 10 out of 10. I think this is the one that, especially with this weather right now, it's raining here, that I would run to immediately. Like the, if I had an option to eat one thing here, I think it would be this one. It looks so good. Everything about it, it looks amazing. I feel like she redeemed herself with the huge chunk of meat and stew that she made in the brisket challenge way back when. And I'm obsessed with it. I think this this looks like top tier home cooking and like your grandmother's gumbo and in the best way. So I'm a big fan of it. God, I wish my grandma made gumbo. If I was yeah. if my grandma made gumbo like that, I'd be I'd be I'd be you know what I'd be. <laughs> I'd be farting. <laughs> but it looks amazing. I mean I uh, I don't know what seasoning meat is, but sign me up. I would eat this in three seconds. Um, I love the color. I love the texture. It's like, it, it looks like an elevated corned beef and cabbage. I don't know if that's mm. awful of me to say, but I don't know. I, I just want it. I get it. I get it. 
Um, and our fourth course, Nick has made BBQ strip loin with potatoes and oxtail marmalade. The oxtail was a whole thing. We got to get the oxtail. And clearly it pays off because there's lots of high compliments for this for Nick. And I love Nick as always. The steak looks so good. Normally, not always, on TV, I'm seeing steak and I'm like, it's okay. But there's something about freaking just steak on the middle of a pile of potatoes where I'm like, wow, crazy how delicious food can be, huh? And Nick really knocked it out of the park. That show looks bussin. I don't even know what an oxtail marmalade is, but shove it down my throat. That's a recurring theme with the matriarch team. Oh, that is like a thick daddy piece of meat. That is a cowboy steak. That is no Korean barbecue BS. Like that is a meal right there. Like if I was mm. a cowboy and I pulled into the county in for the night and this was my plate, I would be able to shoot up the saloon. I'd have that much energy. The as soon as he was like how hard he went to make sure that he had oxtail, I knew it was going to be good. He was prepared. He had his heart set on this. Oh my God. Like everything about this sounds incredible. And they were just as obsessed with it as I am. And we love Nick. We want excellent things for Nick. And it's just, it's an elevated, amazing dish. And I'm, I feel like this is another one that's really like, really hones in on what they were trying to do with matriarch and is one of the like defining dishes for why they win Mm. oh my god it it looks amazing i want to try my oxtail marmalade immediately i love oxtail so much and oh my god i should have been at matriarch like what the hell this is gia erasure (laughs) i think you bring up actually a really good point gia which is like I think that this incorporates something like, I feel like oxtail is a food that is talked a lot about in not only like the South, but in like, you know, African-American cooking and like Caribbean cooking. And it's like, it's something that seems like, it's like a food that white people love to be racist about, right? Like, I, there's no, I feel like there's no other way to put it, but I, I love the new and inventive ways that Nick has of coming up with something to make with oxtail. Um, I think that, he is really like such a smart chef and he really since his like shitty mushrooms i feel like he really hasn't put on a bad plate of food in a long time like we talk about (sighs) evelyn but like really like damar and nick are just like absolutely crushing it going forward as well it's pretty crazy i mean if he can put 26 spices together he can do anything (laughs) and make what bread in the shape of mississippi biscuits in the shape of mississippi yeah, that's that's amateur hour. If you're not doing that, you're you're going out of business. You can make pork rinds into ice cream. You know, there we go. <laughs> Please. Um, well, finally, up last, and one of the dishes I would truly kill a man for the carroty carrot. It's Demar's so carroty. It's carroty. Are you? I'm feeling very carroty today. The carrots um, and the caramel. Sorry, just the way Padma could not stop saying carrot. I was like, is carrot even a word anymore? <laughs> um, she, she's right. Demar has made carrot cake with carrot caramel, coconut, and candy ginger. Say that ten times fast. I mean, carrot caramel. What the fuck is carrot caramel? And yet. I would die if I had carrot caramel. It would be the best day of my life. Maybe I'll go learn how to make it. Like Gia, are you with us on the carrot train? 
I carrot cake is hit or miss for me. My stepmom makes amazing carrot cake that we eat every Easter and it's delicious. And some carrot cakes are basic as fuck and just are not worth my time personally. Like I've just, I'm used to the best carrot cake and you know, like it has to meet a certain standard. If you're going to put vegetables in my dessert, it better be pretty fucking good. (laughs) But this carrot cake looks divine. Sounds amazing. I I wish I had better adjectives tonight, but it's late and I don't really have anything else to add other than like, yeah, I like, is there any meal in the matriarch menu that I wouldn't kill a man for? I mean, yeah, maybe like, I don't know, like everything looks pretty damn good. And I, there are no, I guess the salmon is if there's going to be a dud of the group, the salmon would be kind of like the least impressive, but they seem to like that one as well. And honestly, yeah, like it, it goes on my list of like meals that I would fight somebody for. So yeah, all winners all around, tens, tens, tens across the board for matriarch. You're absolutely oh. right, Gia. There's What else is there to say? It's delicious. The candy ginger, like, how did you come up with that? I don't know. Damar's mom, God bless her. I would, if I ever met Damar's mom, I'm giving her a fat kiss on the forehead. <laughs> I do love in an earlier episode, Damar made a point of like saying basically like his, like where he grew up, you don't learn a recipe by writing a recipe down. You do it by like your parents making you cook it again and again and again or like cooking it with your family again and again and again until you have it memorized Mm. and I think that's like the type of it's a type of learning how to cook that is not really appreciated in the world of Top Chef to like the same level that I think it should be but at the same time I think this is a season that is really honed in on the uh I would say like the the culture of like growing up as um, surrounded by food instead of rather what you have learned in like culinary school. And of course, obviously these are all very talented steps, chefs, and I'm sure they all have like a fantastic pedigree and background and experience that got him to this point. But they're, they're talking less about their James Beard Awards and Michelin stars and more about like how they grew up with food. And I've always say like personal experience is some of the best data for like explaining how you got to where you are in life. And I think that this is like one of the reasons why I'm just really loving this season. Great points, Gia. I mean, food is like what you do with friends and family and loved ones. And like, that's what this season kind of feels like. If you want some fighting and drama, all of Hell's Kitchen is on YouTube. I've been watching the early seasons. If you want some drama, go there. Don't come here. This is this is our we're protecting our peace. Um, well, it's time to go journey on over to No Nem. Uh, we get to see some like interstitials of flashings between each group, which I thought was really nice. Uh, and we see that Jackson's cookie is rock hard and nobody can eat it, which was so fucking funny. And then. What did you guys think of Jackson's pivot solution, which was go tell people to eat it with their hands? 
cowboy eating it with his hands. He was like, well, that was an adventure. I'm like, this dude is literally on the range with cows all day. And he's like, wow, this cookie, this is my big adventure. This was kind of a sign of what was going to happen. But I mean, good for them for trying something, I guess. But this whole episode, I this is kind of why I knew Evelyn was not going anywhere this episode, even though I feel like I should be worried when it was kind of clear from the get-go that Nonem was going to be the losing team. That, I don't know, I think they should... They it was like every bad decision that was made had to like went back to Jackson in some way. And it just it went from bad to worse. And like they were able to recover kind of from the cookie thing, but there was just no bounce back from everything that went wrong. It was and I feel like it could have been mitigated, right? If uh Jackson had simply just like if Jackson had simply tried to explain dishes or be more cordial to the judges, like maybe things would have gone over smoother and he could have told, because what I think we saw was Evelyn heard some of the feedback and adjusted her dishes. Yeah. But Jackson did talk to those people. So (laughs) why would he, why would he, you know, you just got to treat him celebrities you just got to treat them like regular people you know especially when they're judging your food and it might give you a hundred thousand dollars or send you home um or is it two hundred fifty thousand dollars do they get more money on drag race now or, or top chef Top chef. yeah okay no they okay. get they get more money in drag race now i'm pretty sure they no both- it's only 150k on drag race mm. even though those cross dressers gotta be wearing <laughs> All of that, all of that money in clothing. That is true. That is true. You, you the drag race bills are high, uh, very expensive. Uh, let's talk about Evelyn's the first and second courses that are delivered together. And you know it's bad when they don't even label them as first and second course in the little like Chiron. Like if you go back and look, Team One, Team Matriarch has labels that say first course Evelyn or first first course Damar, second course Ashley. This shit just says Evelyn. <laughs> That's not cohesive. Um, I didn't know what to do with them. Evelyn has made pani puri with shrimp, passion fruit, passion fruit, and Thai basil. And Jay has made snapper summer rolls with papaya, citrus, and avocado. And I'll say this: I'd kill a man for these summer rolls as well. These are like the only like true highlight of this dish and I, of this meal. And I, I, I want to eat these rolls when I die. I'm honestly so sad that we did not get more of Jay this episode. Like she obviously killed it. She is my queen. I am obsessed with her, but we, we know that she did well and she was obviously not going home and that she wanted to kind of step up this episode, but like she really killed it. And I think if other, if the other chefs on her team stepped up the way she did, we might have gotten I, I still think Matriarch was kind of like the standard for like a winning Top Chef team. So I don't know if they necessarily would have won, but it would have been a much closer race than what it what it inevitably was. I think that it was a bad idea, but I think we all agree on that. And that uh, I'm appreciative that uh, Jay got a chance to flex her sauce, 
but it got overshadowed by the fact that there was more food out there and there was more things to focus on and that they weren't explained how what to do with these things they just were put on the plate and said enjoy like if i'm at restaurant wars i want the maitre d all over my table all day i want him wiping the spit off my face after each bite of my j delicious sauce (laughs) so um yeah flat behavior but at least we had a little bit of a a redemption in the summer roll department. I know that we had some bad summer rolls earlier on. So it's good to see how they should be made. Um, my my question to you guys is, would you rather have a shitty, you know, maitre d' like Jack's sort of running around, not really talking to you or just telling you that he had COVID and doesn't taste anything? Or would you rather have like Stephen the sommelier like talking to you for hours, explaining the wine list and like the pairings and what you need to do? Give me a wine list. I want to hear about some stuff. Like, I hate people, but also, like, this is Top Chef. Be a little clown. Dance for me. Oh, my God, no. Just, like, leave me alone. You're going to be, if you're, like, the last thing I want in in my server experience or for, like, in my restaurant experience is someone talking to me for hours, especially when I'm there with someone. So, no, just... Jackson had the right idea in that, you know, sometimes people just want to be left alone. Thank you, King. But also, like, <laughs> I'm glad you went home this episode. So sorry. Sorry. Um, let's jump over very quickly to the Quick Fire Queen's feedback. Uh, we have, uh, what's your name? MJC. Hello, MJC. Thanks for giving us your opinion because we love you. Uh, how was it that Jackson didn't tell anyone about his lack of taste? He's been making people taste his food all season. Because he's a silly goose. That wasn't he wasn't thinking right. Like also, like once you it gets to a point where like telling people is a little awkward. So he should have just took that to the grave. I agree. I agree. I think he should not have said anything. Just sort of died. Let Tom Colicchio tear his dreams to shred, and then you know, send him on his way. Listen, if he wanted a dramatic reveal he should have done it at the judges table like he learned nothing from drag race so (laughs) clearly he needs to get on his reality tv binges now that he's off the show and has his spare time but like the telling he literally picked the worst possible time to reveal this to everyone and i don't know whether it was like it just been weighing on him and he wanted to come clean or he thought this might be his last chance to tell people like maybe he had a feeling that it was going to go he was going to go here or like if someone in production hinted to him that like he should really tell them about it but this was literally the worst possible time for it and yeah kudos to his team for handling it as well as he did but if like it had gone to blows. Like if Evelyn had started smacking some bitches, I would have been like good for her because you could see how annoyed everyone was, but especially Luke um, with, with this reveal at this time. And Evelyn mentions that, you know, like we all Mm. spend time like tasting each other's dishes and everything. And the fact that one of your most vulnerable chefs in Luke was in danger partially because you said that his food was too salty and he under seasoned as a result like I get that he needs to have some confidence in himself but at the same time why are you providing advice that you are clearly like not capable of providing at this point so 
I'm glad Jackson went home for this. And I'm glad that Luke stayed here. He can go next week if he needs to, like if he doesn't need <laughs> himself. But like, I would have felt terrible if he went here and he had every right to be pissed off. Everyone on the team did. I feel like that would have been like one of those moments where like, if Luke gets eliminated in that moment, he just goes like, yeah, well, Jackson can't taste. <laughs> like, yeah. like if he had done like a shady sort of like, said something while going out the door i wouldn't have blamed him because i would have been fucking pissed if i was luke but somehow luke gets to say another day and gets to silently grace our screens and unseason his food i guess let's talk about it he made chuchi curry with black cod and coconut rice um and this is really like an evelyn idea that luke is executing and i really feel like luke just got Luke was like the little brother who didn't get to do anything this this challenge and I felt for him um do I want Luke to win Top Chef no but I felt for him you know now he's just getting humbled week after week as if he hasn't worked in some of the best restaurants in the world like I I mean that's gotta be a hit to your self-esteem like it's Tom Colicchio telling you that you have no palate like that's gotta be painful it was it was definitely a rough Luke's had a rough time here and I do feel bad but you know this is I understand if he went home here but and I can get why he has some self-doubt for different reasons but uh, this was this was just not it this was this was a rough go but I'm glad that he was able to survive and then now that Jackson's out maybe he'll get a storyline finally <sighs> Well, I mean, someone like, what are they going to do when they can't say, oh, he can't taste. Did you know that? Every episode for Jackson. Like, they got to come up with a new trope. They have to fill in the screen time somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Luke doesn't make much of an impression. His stuff is too salt, is not salty enough, according to the judges. Um, and then we have the disastrous team dish that is somehow very delicious. And I don't blame them. This does look very good. But let's talk about it. Can you fucking imagine the audacity to present basically a build-it-yourself lettuce wrap plate and not explain it to the people who are judging your food? I was gagged. I was like, he couldn't even explain this? Wouldn't you explain this to your other diners? Because that, okay, throw out the, yeah, sure. You don't want to treat the judges like they're, famous and that they're more important than any other diner sure congrats noble jackson your waiter would explain to you how to eat this that is like the basic basic thing i can't believe it i i was my jaw was on the floor at that point i my thing though is that i feel like jackson's wrong in saying you need to treat the judges like every other diner you need to treat the judges like they are the best table possible because one they are not doing co uh customer comment cards this episode like they've mm -hmm. done in some other seasons so like fuck everyone else and truly and like the judges are the one deciding who the winning team is and whether or not your part in the challenge was enough for you to stay or go. And what did they see from Jackson? Not a whole lot of good stuff. So truly in this part, the customer is not always right. Fuck them. Like you need to kiss ass and be like, 
at the judges beck and call as much as possible and yes at the very least tell them how to eat the food you made for them yeah do it yourself it's a build your own adventure like what is this a cartoon book like i don't know yeah it was just not good but also like uh we're we're dunking on jackson like as if like i don't know it's a reality show like maybe it was really salty and we're just stupid but um yeah not not a good round for jackson yeah jackson flop era not a great time no and and you know like I understand that uh, that Jackson, you know, I don't doubt that Jackson is like successful at home, you know, and he sh- they they had that insert of him like being on his little computer at his restaurant or whatever, which I thought was very funny. Um, and I'm sure that Jackson does a good job. He seemed like people really liked him in the in the dining room. It's just about like selling the dishes you're putting out there um, because I feel like that's half of what happens on Top Chef is like you really need to be confident in what you're selling to make sure that people feel good about eating it. The lettuce wrap seems fine. It's BBQ Nem sausage, uh, a lettuce wrap with Brussels sprouts and spicy bean sauce, uh, some radishes, some carrots, I think. Uh, it looks good and people talk about it, but also you can hear some diners kind of kvetching about having to serve themselves. I wouldn't be thrilled. Um, let's go on to, I think, what really is the nail in the coffin for Jackson, which is a shortbread with mandarin, orange, citrus curd, and whipped coconut. So it's basically some curd on top of a cookie with some whipped coconut it's just not the innovative dessert of damar now is it nope it's not the creamy carroty caramel could never be yeah damar yeah just like he set the bar so high and jackson did dessert last week so it's like uh what yeah you can't yeah, he had to do something a little bit more. Like Crumble Cookies makes cookies like this literally every day of their lives. Like, yeah, you could have done something a little bit more innovative. It's Restaurant Wars. He could have used Buddha yelling at him. It's Restaurant Wars, bitch. Period. I'm not, it's bitch. I'm your Restaurant Wars. Evelyn coming out with the with the knife. This, I, I the stab not to cook. That was the joke. I, I do kind of wish we saw more of. Evelyn this episode too like she seemed to not do a lot wrong but you know she could probably have you know like we could I feel like she has the sense to know when things are not going well for her and her team so like why didn't we see the see this uh this type of interaction well you know what we did see was uh was Evelyn go up to Jackson and be like, I am coming up with you and I am handing this over to the judges. Like she was fed up by the end. Mm-hmm. Jackson, put your ass over there. It's like when your your mom makes you go sort of hang out with your relatives at a party you don't want to be at. Get your ass over there. Like, let's go. Um, that's really what it felt like to me. I thought it was hilarious. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. Well, that brings us to the end of the meal. Um, but I was very impressed with Matriarch. I thought the great restaurant was for them. Really, like, the only flaw was that they were busy. <laughs> like, they had a lot of food to make, which is it's a like great Damar job. wanted to be perfect. Like, oh, no, Damar wanted to be perfect. <laughs> I do. I did worry about 
Damar this episode from the previews of last episode because we saw him kind of freak out a little bit and we find out it's because of like his original dessert the oven fucked up or whatever and I'm glad we got a little bit you know like we see how Damar works under pressure and he hasn't had a lot go wrong yet but we haven't seen a ton of him lately but he's not out of my rankings yet of like potential winner picks either but I feel like Buddha just has risen. He is risen. Amen. I know this is honestly the best thing that could have happened for Buddha. Let's be real. I think Buddha, yeah, Buddha played real smart in this episode, huh? He he just looks like the champion of champions in some ways. I don't yeah. Buddha was on the bad. other team, no family style. They wouldn't be the word family. They would have said fam, and then he would have grabbed them by the throat and said, "Don't you dare!" Have you ever seen this fucking show? Period. I am kind of surprised. Like, I know that Jackson's a very personable guy and his antics have really worked well in some episodes, but I don't know. I I don't know why they went with him being front of the house other than maybe uh, uh, Jay and Luke didn't want to do it, but I kind of assumed that anywhere Evelyn went, she would have been front of house because she just seems like a very easy, approachable, like personable person. And she knows how like she knows the restaurant scene in Texas and I don't know it just it just seems like an odd choice when Evelyn's right there but uh you know I love a woman in power so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh push too hard against Evelyn being executive chef either at the end of the day it's Jackson who goes home Jackson of course has the big reveal and my friend Alex also gave us some feedback he said I have never seen a reality contestant so willing to jump on every single grenade as much as Jackson. The man would not stop taking credit for things that sucked. Absolutely no gamesmanship. Glad he's gone. Thought Luke was going to kill him in real life after that taste smell reveal. <sighs> Stan J. Um, and then, you know, one of our questions is, what dish should have won? Do you agree with the judges with who went home? Luke probably should have gone home for his body of work, but at this point, I fully expect him to get to get second to last all the way to the final. <laughs> Which is very funny. <laughs> He's going to be like that chef on Hell's Kitchen who never gets sent home. Um, I I kind of feel that way too. I feel like Luke is skirting by and like if he just keeps like maybe if he finds the confidence he'll get there. But it's crazy he's still in. Let's talk about Jay at Judge's Table for a second. Because I feel like Jay does this thing where she just gets really quiet. Mm -hmm. And she sort of like doesn't and I think Jay was kind of like They'd be like, okay, well, who came up with the idea? And she'd be like, I, th- I think it was Jackson. <sighs> and, like, and it'd be like, Jay, you are throwing throw this man under the bus with some fervor. Like, get him under the bus. She's probably just, like, very nice and a very kind person. But I think it's so funny how easily she just sort of, like, goes to the background when she wants to say that somebody fucked up. I feel like she doesn't want confrontation, even when she was talking about how she doesn't want to work with Buddha ever again. Um and but at the same time it's like you can tell she feels very strongly about this competition and her competitors breath i was stuck with all these crazy people for this amount of time i'd be trying to i'd just be over it too how are our power rankings doing who do you think is uh is going further than we expected and who is sort of staying the same Hmm. or maybe even doing worse who is flopping right now? I mean, Jackson. 
her. Uh, I feel like Demar Evelyn staying strong. I feel like maybe we like a fifth or sixth out, but I think he's heating up as well. I'd love to see Jay there. Is that is that four? That's and everyone else is dead to me. <laughs> um, I think like I think Buddha really has to mess oh, up. Oh yeah, Buddha. I mean, like, is he the person I want to win? No, not because of anything against Buddha. I just love some of the personalities so much more. Um, but I think Buddha's kind of a guarantee to Final Four unless he really messes up somewhere. And that could definitely happen. But then I feel like Tamar's been pretty steady, but he could probably use another win or two to really keep himself in that top tier. Evelyn, Queen, obviously, like, she can do no wrong in my eyes, even when her team fucks up. And that was an Evelyn's loss in Restaurant Wars. That was a team that was lucky enough to have Evelyn in Restaurant Wars. Loss. Huh. So um, this was an Ashley won this challenge, but I think she needs to still do more if she wants to see the final. Because I really think she's one fuck up away from going still. I mean, she went once. I know I I really and I don't think her return has been super impressive where she like if she's in the bottom she there's a chance of her staying still like I think if she's in the bottom again she's gonna go but I'm not you know and I I do really like Ashley and I think Nick is kind of in the middle but he's had some really good episodes lately and I would love to see him go much further than we initially anticipated. Like he's already, he's made it past the halfway point. He's in the final seven. I really hope we get to see a lot more of him and Jay is queen and I'm obsessed with her. So I can't, I refuse to let go of her and I'm glad she was a bit of a star this episode. Truly. I don't want to lose any of them. That's the issue. Yeah, I feel like, so Ashley won this episode, um, which good for her. Uh, but I do agree with you that I think that there is a big danger in Ashley going home again. Um, and I think that there's also a danger of Jay and Luke. I think they are, like the pack is starting to separate, right? And I think that a lot of people, have, there are a lot of wins in this mix, right? Namar has won, Nick's won a couple quick fires. Ashley just won a challenge. Buddha's won a challenge with Jackson. Um, and we're starting to see that, like, if you're not winning, you're losing. And I feel like Jay might be closer to that. Um, but, uh, you know, we're all praying, right? We're all just. Can we talk about Jay. how Nick has won more money from the winning restaurant where he got another. Nick is rich. Added to his total. I mean, he's got a lot of kids. So the more the merrier. Goddamn. I'm obsessed with Nick win and they mentioned it this episode too. Like I'm obsessed with Nick just getting more money. Yeah, he's got two bands for each kid in this challenge alone. I love it. I love it. Good for Nick. Um I love a rich king. You know. Thanks, San Pellegrino, Talenti Gelato, Gelato Ryan's. I feel like he saves all his best for like the challenges where they win money. Like <laughs> yeah. And he's going to Trolls World Tour, right? Or not Trolls World Tour. <laughs> not Trolls World Tour. Dominion. He's going to Jurassic World Dominion. Yes. And don't let you forget it. 
You know, you know, and don't you fucking forget it. Well, guys, once again, uh, Naomi forgot to watch uh, Last Chance Kitchen. Uh, so, spoiler alert for Last Chance Kitchen. Guys, what went down? Anybody I mean, know? I cannot explain it because it was weird. And like you had to be there. Yeah, it was just weird, and I don't really know how to explain it, but it was it was not a bad one. I kind of hoped they would do a challenge like this, so I'm very happy with it. Okay. Um, so we open up and Jackson is revealed to be the eliminated contestant. And for those that are keeping up with the last chance kitchen portion of our podcast, Sarah is still in the running for uh, returning back to the game. And she sees Jackson there and they get a video. Well, they get a phone call from Tom and Gail. So they're not the, the judges are not there for it. And basically saying that, like, obviously Jackson made it to Restaurant Wars, but he got eliminated during it. And Sarah didn't get to be a part of Restaurant Wars because she was eliminated beforehand. Uh, Sarah, of course, answered sure didn't when they talk about her not going to Restaurant Wars. I love Sarah so much. <laughs> and they're given 45 minutes to cook three dishes for their own ghost kitchen concepts. Um, and these meals have to be deliverable because they deliver their meals to Tom um, and Gail at a separate address for judging. So it has to be things that can travel well. And so Sarah does a Jamaican food, which is a combination mm -hmm. of Jamaican and Asian. She clearly did not hear about no nems flop uh dishes in time to stay away from the asian food but she tried it jamaican and asian and her first course was a jerk shrimp larb it's a meat salad that is what larb is um and her second course was a korean style fried chicken with curry powder and her third course was pineapple mango and dragon fruit with sticky rice salad and the pineapple honestly like that sounds delicious everything in there mm. sounds good and then jackson does a casual italian with madili di seta his first first course his second course was a uh, chicken with salsa verde and his third course was eggplant with tomato and fonduta uh who do you think won i worry that it might that sarah might have been too ambitious and it might be a jackson win but i'm praying it's a sarah win oh no your prayers have been answered because ah! yeah so jackson is officially out of the competition kick his ass sarah i am a lot more confident after this episode that sarah is going to be coming back and she'll probably come back after this episode i'm guessing because we're at final seven now but so either final six or final five she'll probably come back yeah but i mean she can beat luke i see it Oh yeah, yeah. I think she. I. I. I don't think they're gonna let Ashley beat Sarah again either. If Sarah, if Ashley's the one that goes here, uh, and I'm still never gonna good. shut up about how stupid that was. Mm. Yeah, the challenge was, and I love an Ashley return, but that challenge was so dumb. But I was worried for Sarah when, at that point where we would have a chef of a very high caliber someone that's been doing really well in the main competition like Sarah I mean like Jackson go in a challenge like restaurant wars where the you know the the chefs that are really doing well in the competition have been known for going so I was really worried for Sarah at this point and because obviously she has been 
holding our own against some of the chefs that haven't been doing particularly well, but we didn't, I didn't really know what to expect with um, now that we had someone that has been consistently in the top, like Jackson facing off against her, but she killed it. It was very good. I was so happy. I don't think Sarah even believed that she was winning at this point, but that was, and this is kind of like the big hurdle I was worried for Sarah. And I'm really happy that she's actually made it through. I don't know what that spells. I really like everyone left. So I don't know what that spells for uh, the future contestants that are being eliminated, but I think it really depends on who's following uh, who's following Jackson out the door next. But now Jackson joins the peanut gallery where we get some much needed hype from because honestly, Joe <laughs> and Monique are not not doing it for me for a peanut gallery. I, 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 I can't imagine they would, you know, like I, I'm sure that they're a little salty about it all. And like, I don't blame them, but like, just, we gotta have some dopey yeah. golden retriever energy to liven things up, I guess. They just don't have the the quick whip that uh, the quick wit that I think Jackson has then in these circumstances where like he can provide some funny commentary in in the mix and it's much needed. Yeah, when you said hype, I thought you said height. I was like, yeah, Monique and Joe are kind of short. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that matters. Oh, bang. Well, you'll also be providing some height. Yes. Mm, the ca- the poor camera guy has to try and get both of them in the frame um well folks we have come to the end of the restaurant board's journey thank you for being on it with us um i just have to say that uh we at some point maybe not this week maybe not next week but at some point are going to venture to jay's restaurant in new york city if you're interested i highly suggest looking up these uh wonderful chefs and seeing if they're in your town I mean, next week, more Top Chef will be here, I guess, live in New York, maybe. Who knows what the fuck we're going to record. But you can always tell us what you think about the episode at tinyurl.com slash quickfirefeedback. Tell us how you're feeling at the moment. Um, Gia, at Classically Gia on Twitter, what's going on with you? Uh, you can always find me again on Classically Gia at Twitter, where my survivor shenanigans are happening. And as always, follow the Survivor Diversity Campaign. But most importantly, I am doing the Survivor 42 recaps for Silent Podcasts at I Don't Know About That. And I have some really great guests lined up for this week. And my past guests have been killing it every episode. No flops here. Um, very much like Matriarch. We are a very strong team and I'm very excited about it. So stay tuned for, we're getting a double tribal this episode, which I hate, but that's what we must do in, in the tough times. So, you know, stay with me. We can mourn together. Mm, let's hold hands. Nicole at Behind the Secret, what you doing? I'm just chilling for now. I'll be at know-it-alls next week. So come say hi. And yeah, just all good vibes. Follow me on TikTok. You know, the usual. Yes, we'll all be at Survivor Know-it-alls. Come say hi. Say hi to a ton of your favorite silent podcasters. Uh, we have, I know Isaiah's going to be there. Katie's going to be there. Sasha's going to be there. It's going to be a damn fucking party. So come say hi to us. 
at Survivor Know-It-Alls and at Bryson Wendell's event. Help me pick my karaoke song. I don't know what I'm going to sing yet. Um, I'm at Naomi Calhoun. Listen to Mike White was Rob Nicole and I just put out a very fun episode. I was just on Nothing But Netflix on RJP. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Watch Survivor New York. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, can I get another order of that uh, carrot cake, please? To go. Thank you so much. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.